Welcome to the Gresham Renaissance Podcast. Each week, we'd like to take a few minutes to go over important topics on our mind. Since our city always has many things going on, it's a chance to throw out other topics that may be of interest. So, what's on our radar? I've got a couple things for what's on our radar today. Kind of goes in tandem with what we're talking about today. We've received a presentation on climate-friendly and equitable community plans where parking processes will be changed quite a bit. We were presented some different options of what that might look like in this civic neighborhood. We're going to see some changes as the civic station area starts developing a little bit more. After Alta Civic, there are a couple of new projects that are going to be coming in on that street. And there's also new opportunities with that library that are potentially going to require some additional parking structures. Looking forward to information on that. On a more personal note, I have recently printed up some thank you neighbor cards that I would like to share with the community. I have some different places where I'm going to put them out where people can pick them up, but also we'll put information in our Gresham Renaissance Facebook page, maybe a picture of the cards let you know how to get hold of them. You can also contact me directly via my email. I have personally left little notes to neighbors when I have seen something cool that they have done that have helped the community or has improved the community in some small way. And people have always appreciated them so much. I thought, what if we could all have cards that we could write little notes on to our neighbors when we think something's great so we can get the word out for people to be thanking their neighbors and appreciating their neighbors a little bit more going forward. That's what's on my radar for today. So let's get going with the show. Hi, listeners. This is Councillor Eddie Morales, and I'm with Councillor Dina Danucci today. We are so excited to be in the presence and in conversation with Shannon Martin, who is our city's solid waste and sustainability manager, also leading our climate action work here at the city of Gresham. And today we're going to learn a little bit more about Shannon. We're going to learn more about what our city is doing in terms of climate response and climate action work and ways that the community can get involved. So uh, without further ado, Shannon, tell us a little about yourself. Hey, Council Morales and Councilor Denichi, thank you uh, for having me here. This is a great experience for me. We have been talking about internal sustainability operations for quite some time back when the uh, the city signed the mayor's agreement to uh, do climate action. And so since then, we've been working on really tracking our own activities at the city and what we do to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and to be more sustainable and reduce operational costs. So we really started with that internal sustainability operations plan with the really long-term vision of how do we take that next step of doing climate and sustainability work in our community. So that was really the long-term vision uh, when we started this uh, sustainability journey. Council did ask the staff to add climate action to the city's strategic plan, which demonstrated additional support for the team to move forward on developing a first community-wide climate action plan that's really intended to be developed with the community and really work with the community to implement the plan once it's in place. And so we have been working internally, doing strategic analysis. We've done our first community-wide greenhouse gas inventory just to give us a baseline of where we're at with emissions. And also that helps 
us create a framework of how we move forward with the climate action plan. And so now that that technical analysis is done, and we've had some internal stakeholder interviews and some internal workshops, we're now ready to take that next step to engage with the community with all of the research that we've done and bring it to them and help us reframe this climate action plan uh, in a way that is for the community and this community can support us implementing it. Shannon, you just said a whole lot of things right now. You said sustainability, climate action. I mean, for your average person, what does that mean? Defining climate action is really overwhelming, even for practitioners that uh, do this work every day. I think when we talk about climate action and sustainability, I think it's really important that we frame the message and the information in a way that is understandable and relatable to anybody. So when we talk about climate action, the community may ask us, like, well, what does that mean for me? What do I do? What's my part in this? That's another reason why we're creating an internal toolkit to then provide to the community as a way to understand climate change and how they can be more prepared for the impacts uh, in the future and what they can do to help the city implement the climate action plan. Great. So I track this issue. This is one that I get to work on a lot with Councilor Danucci, actually, at the city of Gresham. And the way I try to understand this is that the planet is heating up, and it's getting hotter and hotter, and it's disrupting entire ecosystems that have sort of a lateral effect on everybody else, right? So whether it's the ocean that's getting too hot where sea life isn't allowed to live, creating melting of glaciers that then cause sea rise to the weather that we've been having here in Rockwood, where we're filming today. Climate action is not just like this thing that's in the, in the future. Uh, we're seeing it happening now, and we're really on the verge of maybe not being able to undo some of the, the harm that we're doing. and so. Uh, that's how I kind of think of climate, um, just climate action work, and particularly how it really lands in our local communities and how it really does mean people's health or life or death. And so I, I just wanted to like add to your definition just to really bring it home to our community. Shannon, can you give some examples of things the city has done? I feel like they were on the forefront before. Sure. Yeah, the, the city has been extremely active in their sustainability planning and working on more ways to be efficient, in addition to finding new ways to not only be more sustainable, but reduce costs. For example, our wastewater treatment plant went net zero back in 2005, I believe, and we've been making additional efforts ever since then to generate additional energy. So they've completed a, a feasibility study to look at additional feedstock to generate more power that can then become renewable natural gas to go into the, uh, into the system, providing more renewable energy opportunities there. We've also just completed a, our first electric vehicle charging station project that was 100% funded by PGE through the Portland General Electric Drive Change Fund grant. And so we installed 12 public charging stations, and then we in charge installed 12 additional fleet uh, charging stations. And that infrastructure was crucial for the city, given the cost of the project, to allow us to now move forward into transitioning to electric vehicles and reducing additional greenhouse gas emissions at the operational side. 
So now that that infrastructure is there, just puts us in a better place for success. We've also seen police vehicles go hybrid. So the idling time is dramatically going down. And so we're seeing that fossil fuel use go down um, in those police vehicles as well. We also just finished a project at City Hall to where we converted all of our lights through LED. Uh, we worked with the Energy Trust of Oregon to do that. And we're going to be seeing about a $10,000 cost savings a year on that. And we'll also reduce uh, the operational needs of staff to be swapping out uh, fluorescent lights that had mercury and you'd have to dispose of those and process them as hazardous waste. And that's another cost savings that we no longer have to manage anymore. When we look at funding this stuff, what are those funding sources looking like to fund it? But when you talk about the amount of electricity, et cetera, we may save by some of these steps. People have that question, why is all this money going into this? Can you find an answer? Yeah, so the benefit to a lot of work around sustainability is the cost-benefit analysis of making that initial investment in the payback period. And so when we look at sustainability projects, that's really what we're looking at is the business model of that project. So what is the upfront cost to get that project going or implemented? And then what is the payback period? And every project that we've done that I'm aware of has been five years or less for a payback period. And after that, it's just cost saving. That's a good incentive for, for everybody listening to hear about as well. I know lots of people that have gone under the solar roofs and tracking some of their savings over time. But it just sounds like there's a lot of options. Um, a lot of ways for people to gather additional education from what the city of Gresham is doing. And I just want to, I guess I just want to define sustainability just as I defined climate action earlier. <laughs> and sustainability is just the ability to keep something going, uh, ongoing without creating harm or damage. And so for a long time, I think we've made decisions as a society uh, about uh, meeting the needs that we have without really thinking, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And I think I remember a friend of mine, um, who is uh, indigenous Native American, and she says, you know, we are making decisions for seven to eight generations down the road. And I think that is something that as a society, we're all starting to maybe take into account when we're making these decisions. So when I think about sustainability, I'm thinking about like, not something that works just for the moment, but in seven or eight generations as well around, it wouldn't have not depleted resources or created harm to our communities. I had a question. If I recall, you got into this work as a volunteer when you first moved to the city. And I think it was at Urban. It was uh, the uh, Natural Resources and Sustainability Committee. What was your interest in that? Well, at the time, I was working for another local government as a sustainability analyst, uh, providing technical assistance to businesses on sustainability work. And I, I live in Gresham. So when the committee was announced and the opportunity arose, I was like, well, this is a great fit. It's something I can do for my community and it's something I'm passionate about. And so I, I joined the committee and we that committee actually helped the city develop their first internal sustainability operations plan. And we as citizens, uh, volunteers of that committee, were also able to help them craft that phase two, which is what we're working on now, when we did this sustainability initiative and brought that to council at the time. And so it's been fun to be a volunteer to see that work begin 
and then come to the city, and then seven years later, continuing to work on sustainability in the city, in my community. I'm really excited that we're revisiting the climate action plan and that it's going to be more comprehensive, maybe even than it has been in the past. Like, since I've been on council, I've had a chance to sit on as our liaison to the watershed councils, as well as our urban forestry subcommittee and our water consortium. And it feels like these have sort of existed in silos on their own, but really they're all interconnected, right? The work that we're doing to remove pavement over watersheds and helping to restore watersheds. I think we're starting to see the coho salmon maybe going back through Johnson Creek for the first time in decades. Yeah. And the work we did recently to protect the shawl forest from being cut down and developed into 30 homes and our work to really try to expand our tree canopy. So some of the stuff that you talked about that we're doing are really internal city stuff, like the fleets and the the wastewater management. But we're also doing these things externally. And so I guess my question is, what what are some of the other ideas that are percolating right now in terms of what we're going to be doing? Sure. Before I dive into some details of uh, some of the actions and strategies that we're currently doing while we develop the plan, the best thing about this process over the last year in what the internal work that we've been doing is we're finding these synergies between departments. Like you said, environmental services is now working with the planning department on how we develop our community and what does it look like to update our tree code and stormwater management, and how does that fit in with mixed-use development? And, and so the synergies are really coming together, and this climate action plan is an opportunity just to be that central hub to really guide that sustainability lens and an equity lens through all of our plans that we update in the future at the city. So our comp plan, we just updated our natural hazard mitigation plan, Climate preparedness is out now in there because we're engaged and we're talking together as a city. So it's really reaping the benefits. So some of the internal uh, community-based work, I should say. So we just did a, a grant in partnership with the Latino Network, as an example, where we helped them apply for an Oregon Department of Energy grant to put solar and a backup battery on their new building that they're building off Stark Street. So they will be their own kind of microgrid uh, and a sustainable hub for, for their community members. Some other things that we've been doing is really talking to those like the Urban Forestry Subcommittee, better understanding their works and the tree code and how we can incorporate that into climate action plan to make sure that really also falls in place with other climate strategies and actions that we're working on. And that's also tied into the heat island studies that the city has been engaged with. Rockwood specifically is very hot compared to other locations of the city. And so another reason why trees are so important is to get that heat burden down on our communities that are affected by these heat islands. That's where trees come in again, and we're working with Multnomah County on some federal grants to get additional tree planting in Gresham and doing some additional work there. And then also with our green business program, we've really reimagined how we talk to businesses 
will continue to work on sustainability, recycling, uh, waste prevention, but we're really helping businesses take that next step as well around energy efficiency upgrade, uh, looking at weatherization and buildings, also helping tenants and landlords connect and talk to each other on how they can upgrade buildings as somebody that's leasing a building to have a benefit for both of them. Also, we've been able to double the amount of businesses that are composting food scraps in the city of Gresham over the last year. So we're really trying to be engaged and do work at the same same time as building this new plan. This is so exciting to me. I can't wait for the day where we can compost at home too. And I know I've been like a beating a dead horse for a long time saying that since I've been on council. I'm sorry, explain what you mean by compost at home. Yeah, you know, like other cities that you get your, at home we get our yard debris bin, oh, we get our trash bin, our recycling bin. For pickup, for composting. For, yeah, and so okay. there's, um, in some cities you can actually put all your food scraps, instead of putting them in the trash, into a compost bin and that gets picked up and processed as well. And so, yeah, I, I'm really excited that you're talking about the tree canopy. You know, the last few days have been really hot. Gresham. It's like we skipped spring altogether in Oregon, um, but it's just skipped right into heatness. And um, my husband, Hugh, and I were driving down Division the other day, uh, yesterday actually, and I could feel the heat in the car with the air conditioner going. And I turned around and looked at him and I said, if we had a stronger tree canopy, there was no way that this would be so hot. If we had more tree canopy, you would actually probably see people out wanting to take walks in the streets under like shade and hang out outside. And so it, it really adds to the livability as well. And people just wanting to be outside. But when it's so hot, you, you know, you want to really escape, escape this. And so I, I'm excited that we're focused on that. We decided to plant grass or to totally reseed the whole yard and fill up all the moss. Because it was like, yeah, this is a good time of year to do it. And now you're not supposed to do it in summer. And it's really in spring. Can we just say since it's spring, it's okay that we've done it now? And please grass, please grow. Yeah, and we're going to be publishing a future conditions paper on our Climate Action webpage. And it really demonstrates the future of Gresham and how climate conditions are going to impact our lives. And so if we don't add tree canopy and get that additional burden in our communities. It really demonstrates how the climate conditions of Gresham are going to be more consistent with Sacramento, California. So the type of things we grow, the type of trees we plant will be different in the future. And also growing season will be longer. We'll have uh, longer, more intense rainstorms. So that's, you know, where our, our Stormwater management system is so important to prepare for the future. And then also just the days above 90 and 100 will continue to increase. But the good news is if we take action, we can slow that down. But if we take no action at all, we'll continue to see that increase more and more. Yeah, I, I, I was in San Francisco with friends there last weekend. and. I came home and they checked the weather and they sent me and, a, and my husband and a group of people a text saying, what beautiful weather you all have. And my husband responded like, this has actually given me PTSD when we had forest fires and because it was just so hot for so long and so dry. And so I just don't think 
we are have the infrastructure set up for this really drastic change in in climate. So I'm glad that we're at least playing out the different scenarios of what it may look like uh, long term. Um, one of the reasons why I think us having a plan is super important is we know that President Biden just passed the Inflation Reduction Act, right, which is like $369 billion of investment in local communities like Gresham. And it was the largest investment in sort of climate infrastructure, climate resiliency infrastructure. So I want us to have a plan ready so when those dollars are available, you know, we, we can, to your point earlier, Councilor Dinucci, we're ready to say, here's where we need the investment. Uh, yeah, thanks for bringing up the Inflation uh, Reduction Act because we're tracking it very, very closely because there's so much opportunity in the future for the city of Gresham to harness those funds to really put things into the community that will benefit them. So having this plan in place is, is definitely going to support us to uh, accelerate that work uh, as we continue to apply for the funding for this work. So I know we, we were discussing earlier, Shannon, that you guys have obviously have a basic start of that plan, like different things that may potentially have to be included in it, but it needs the, the scope of that and what that looks like. You're much more interested in hearing from the community on how to find together. Can you, can you give us some more information that looks like? Sure. So we have put together a uh, community engagement uh, strategy, and uh, we're really trying to reimagine how we do engagement through our salt waste and sustainability program, um, how we can really engage with the community and have our community-based organization partners also bring the community to their space. And so how can we get in those neighborhoods where the trust and the comfort is there and we can have engagement conversations or workshops or opportunities for families to get together and talk about climate. We started with the launch of a survey that was kind of the first step for us in the community engagement process. So that survey you can get in three different languages on our Climate Action website page on the city's website because we want to get feedback there. We are also putting together a number of workshops throughout the summer. We're hoping to do two to three a month. We'll do some also in uh, Spanish to make sure we're just putting an equity lens into the work as well. And that's really our opportunity to invite the community to take a look at the draft strategies and actions that we put together based on our technical analysis and research and really ask them, are we on the right track or did we miss the mark here? And what, what is it that we missed here that is a benefit to your community? So we really want them to engage in the process, take a look at what we put together, and talk about how that benefits their community, or can you change this, or can you add another strategy that will actually benefit me and my family? And so then we have that flexibility to be nimble and adjust the plan and the strategies and actions to really make sure that it reflects what the community said. In addition, we want this plan to not just get finalized and then there it is. We want to make sure the plan is open and transparent to changes throughout the next three to five years because things and technology are going to change. Funding might change. So 
so our programs might adjust to uh, different opportunities that may arise in the future. So one of the biggest things that our team is talking about is even when the plan is finalized, implementing the plan is going to be just as important to engage with the community because we can't do it alone. And so that's why we want to create that toolkit of, well, hey, here's what you can do in our community to help us meet our goals. But then also, hey, here's a policy discussion we're having, or here's a strategy we're talking about. Now we need to implement it or finalize that strategy. Uh, how, how can we work with you to be successful? And so that's really our, our goal uh, once the plan is put in place to continue to work with the community. I think that we hear from so many residents that are really passionate about climate action and have asked if the city is going to be doing anything and certainly really cares about future generations and what they can do to impact it. I love the idea that people have the opportunity to engage in different ways. Sounds like People will be asked questions out there, potentially have the chance to get educated on things they might not know about and give comments or give ideas very specifically to the lifestyle they lead, et cetera. So it sounds like we're going to have many different kinds of opportunities for the community to be engaged. Yeah, I also want to mention that we uh, created an interested parties list, uh, and so we'll be providing updates on the project, but also that'll be an opportunity for us to continue to communicate with those interested in the topic. Um, too, we can have lunch and learns or a pint night or all sorts of different creative ways to carry on the conversation with the community and even think about events and other opportunities so they can go onto the Climate Action website and they can click on there to be added to that listserv as well. And once again, that's through City of Gresham. So greshamoregon.gov is where they would go, and then they would do a search for climate action? Yep. The website is greshamoregon.gov backslash climate-action backslash. I'm really curious, just to kind of end this, what are some of the ideas or things that you think are going to come out of this community engagement work? That's a great question. And wasn't on his list of questions he might get asked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or what are you hoping to see on that list of things that come from the community? Yeah, I guess what I'm hoping is that the work that we do benefits everybody. And when we put an equity lens to the climate action plan, is it really benefiting everybody? And especially for those that need additional support. These heat island communities who really want to engage on, you know, those things that have a like you can physically feel or see the benefit. I and mean, I think that's where climate action gets really challenging and hard to understand because it's so big and it's worldwide. And so how can we take those tangible things that family can know that wow that actually helped me. For example, with the heat, you know, we're working with Multnomah County on another federal grant uh, opportunity to provide uh, portable air conditioners to low-income households and also looking at heat pump installations. That would help with heating and cooling and efficiency year-round, which would lower that utility burden. So it's those tangible things that we're really hoping to get out of this work. Yeah, I was really excited about some of the housing work that we did here in the city, both with the Abuchita Kerr and the Rockwood Village. I think Rockwood Village is one of the places where we went back and used some of the metro housing dollars 
to install air conditioning units, right, in terms of making sure that the families there were safe during the heat waves. But then Albertina Kerr, I think the way that that entire building was designed, one, it was designed with a renter at the center. And so a lot of those are really taken into account people with disabilities, right? So like the lighting is was done carefully to make sure that it didn't trigger any sort of PTSD or slamming of, of things, um, as well as ADA accessibility. But the building itself is also green. I think the residents who live there don't actually have a utility bill because it was kind of sustained with uh, solar. So I would love to see more projects like that as we do this work. So Shannon, I think we've gone over a lot of interesting stuff today, a lot of things to think about. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Anything else you think is important for people in Gretchen to know about regarding these efforts? I think I would just end with, I can, I can understand or appreciate the fact that climate change may just seem overwhelming to talk about because it's so in, involved. And so I really hope that we can work together as a community to move forward. That's such a good point. You know, this is not just about the polar bears in Antarctica uh, or the sea rise, but it's uh, like we all talked about. It's really here. It's local. It's affecting our communities. And so we have to, you know, address it with such urgency. Thank you. I appreciate having you and your knowledge here and looking forward to um, what's going to come from. So thank you so much, Shannon Martin. We always like to end the show with the question of the week. You can answer the question of the week by going to our website, Facebook, or leave us a phone message. We care what you think and would love to hear your views. So I think the question of the week, after hearing all this great information from Shannon, I'm curious what people are doing themselves to address climate change. If you have any actions or habits that maybe have changed or that you're doing specifically to affect climate change in any small way or big way. The other part of the question, are there certain things you would like to see the city addressing? This would be really helpful information and insight as we go forward. So um, let us know on our social media, Gresham Renaissance, or on voicemail or email.